Hey, Professor Allen, let's tell all the folks what's coming up on episode 78, taking a Dan Brown for the team. Tom Mayer, Brian Rushwood, join us to talk about the million podcasts that they're on. We discuss Iron Man 3 and Man of Steel. Talk about getting your poetry on Mars. And has Harper Lee been swindled out of her rights to kill a mockingbird? We reveal that Ben Kingsley is not in the upcoming Enders Game movie. Spoiler! Spoiler! Guys show is brought to you by Audible. Go to bookguys.ca slash audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. This is the Book Guys Show episode 78 and we have a fantastic panel tonight. Podcasters out the wazoo pretty much. My name is Paul Alves joined as always by Professor Allen. How you doing Professor? I am doing awesome. Semester's over. Grades are in, summer's here, and the time is right for dancing in the street. And I saw you picked up a new comic book in the pre-show, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. Spoilers. Spoiler, spoiler alert. And uh, Professor Allen, not only are we joined by you, we're joined by uh, Padre. How you doing, Padre? I'm just fine. I'm coming to you from the Mandalay Bay Convention Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I'm chilling out for Interop. It's uh, basically a big summer camp for enterprise geeks. Very cool. Very Viva Las Vegas, my friend. Viva Las Vegas. And we're joined by two fine podcasters, one returning. Brian Brushwood, how are you, sir? Hello, beautiful people. I'm glad you had me back. I'm glad that uh, <laughs> you scraped so low on the barrel. You're like, well, I guess we'll call Brushwood again. <laughs> hey, we bumped two guests to get you on. <laughs> I apologize hey. to both of you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Brian behind uh, the NSFW show, the Scam School book, all kinds of stuff. And he's joined by his good friend, Tom Merritt the host of Tech News Today, and, and together they combine to form the Voltron that is Frame Rate, another great podcast. How Only doing, we're Tom? like a sad Voltron <laughs> with just like a right leg and an arm. To just yeah, like that's what I was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give until it helps Voltron. <laughs> Tom refusing to upgrade Skype, so he'll be the only one in, in uh, HD 16 by 9 and what? No, this is my Minecraft filter. I don't understand. <laughs> hey, you mentioned the Scam School book. Uh, this is serendipitous. It, it's a good coincidence that today is the day that we officially, like, everything's locked in and it officially goes to press with Skyhorse Publishing. The Scam School print book is now completely finalized. And where can folks get the... Uh... I don't know. That's that's business folk talk. I'm just I'm just the idiot goofball <laughs> drinks at the bar. I'll get back to you on that. How about that? I'll come back and promote it. Alrighty. Now, folks, he is really really modest. But as anyone who's actually dealt with Brushwood knows, he is a marketing genius second to none. Oh, by the way, you know, Brushwood, might you have a comedy album that's still number one on the billboards? <laughs> oh my God. Are we are we going to the third week now? I, I can't oh, remember my. this. Uh, well, yeah, we, we definitely, when I die on my gravestone, it'll say, 
Remember back in 2013, question mark, he and Justin had a Billboard number one comedy album, and in parentheses will say, for two weeks. How rad. <laughs> that is awesome. I also hear that uh, Patricia Harkins Bradley is writing the screenplay for Harry Potter 8. <laughs> that, is that's it a all screenplay? See, I, oh, that's interesting. I heard I, the I leak heard that, that she had an inside source. I didn't know she was working on the actual script. Though. That's great. It's unverified, and we don't truck with those kind of rumors. I'm sure she'll tell us when she has time. Unverified, but I also heard on Twitter that Will Wheaton's involved somehow. Wow. <laughs> and Will Excited. Wheaton said you should always watch the movie before you read the book. Oh, don't start, Padre. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> that's true, actually. That's, that's science. That's scientific fact. Hey, guys, let, let's kick off the show as we always do by going really quickly through the weeks. Book news. Harper Lee is suing her literally literary agent over Mockingbird. According to the CBC and Bloomberg, Harper Lee, this 87-year-old author of the classic novel To Kill a Mockingbird, is suing her literary agent, claiming the company exploited her uh, ill health to gain control of her copyright and cheat, I'm still blind, and cheat her of royalties. The reclusive writer was staying in an assisted living facility after suffering a stroke in 2007. When she signed over her copyright ownership of the 1960 novel to agent Samuel Pincus, he's the douchebag in this story, um, she forfeited the agent's commissions according to a complaint filed in U.S. federal court last week. So basically the guy took advantage of this woman, you know, like ill in bed and can barely understand what's going on here. Sign here. Sign here. There you go. Seems legit. <laughs> Seems legit. North Korean court poet to publish memoir. Writer publishing an imprint of Ibri at Random House. Acquired rights to crossing the border. A memoir by Jang Jin Sung, the former court poet, to Kim Jong Il, and will publish it next spring. I expect you'll be able to find the memoir somewhere in the fiction section. Well, but he left, right? So he's not in North Korea anymore. Yes, he's an that, expat. He's an expat. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because okay. I was, yeah. Otherwise, forget <laughs> any credibility. Uh, speaking of poets, are you an intergalactic poet? Then NASA would like you. Uh, they want you to send a message to Mars. Uh, have you ever wanted to send a poem into space? Sure, we all have. Well, you might get a chance thanks to a new initiative from NASA. This week they issued an invitation to members of the public to submit their names and messages for inclusion on a DVD that will be sent into space aboard a spacecraft that is headed to Mars to study the planet's upper atmosphere. They've done stuff like that before, but here's the spin. They want to send your poetry along with the DVD. Three haikus will be included in the messages to Mars and according to the press release, every name submitted will be included on the DVD but only three haikus will be voted on in a public campaign this summer uh, and win the right to be included on the DVD that will go to Mars and sit there until we colonize it. Do you know who won't see any of those, Tom? Any of us. No, are the 11 translators from different nationalities who are currently locked down in an underground bunker. I assume this is right. Bunkers in quotation marks, but underground is not, which means they're literally underground <laughs> near Milan where they're working under the strictest security to translate what important document. Any guesses, Tom? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, let me not look at the uh, script. I already read it. I know what it is. All I right. The Magna Carta. 
It's Dan Brown's upcoming Inferno, and basically they're translating it into French, German, Italian, and other languages for simultaneous release, giggity, on May 14th. <laughs> the extraordinary security measures and translator's strange experience were revealed in interviews with an Italian magazine with a name I will not even attempt to pronounce. So these are canzoni. a cryptex, too, for all of their translations. <laughs> uh, I thought Google Translate would handle this. <laughs> yeah, just throw it in there. I'm sure it'll be fine. Is that how hotly how hotly anticipated is this book? Are you guys? I mean, I've read most hotly anticipated at all. I'm yeah. Not a so big I guess I mean, this, this is part of the hype machine. There's they're, they're now they're trying to generate the buzz, saying, "Oh, and by the way, we've had kidnapped translators underground trying to get you the latest version of the super great story when everyone's saying, yeah, I've kind of played out on Dan Brown. So you're saying this is straight up pro wrestling. There's nothing, nothing, no <laughs> hype behind this. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go move on to books on film and television. The first Man of Steel reviews are coming in and they are very positive. Warner Brothers has begun Man of Steel test audience screenings and the initial consensus is positive so far. In addition to a few famous people, including Stan Lee praising the movie, a screen rant, I'm going to use the quotes here, trusted source, <laughs> offers the following points of the movie. One, the movie is, is complete, minus the 3D post-conversion, whatever that means, we need Bill Meeks to figure out what that is. Uh, number two, imagine a Nolan story with Snyder effects in action. Well, I could see that, you know, Dark Knight with some 300 action going on. Uh, number three, there's tons of action with Superman kicking all kinds of ass in his suit. That's directly from the Screen Rant uh, story. Number four, the cape is uh, CGI'd most of the time, so it can look pretty awesome at times. Number five, they've intentionally let, uh, left out most of the action from the trailer uh, in order to save it for audience members when they actually go see the movie. Woohoo! And number six, it's not nearly as dour and serious as the, as the trailer suggests. And uh, finally, the source says, quote, it'll be the best movie of the year. Sorry, Brian. Well, let's see. Let's take a look at uh, at what allegedly a non-dour movie looks like. My name is General Zod. For some time, your world has sheltered one of my citizens. I request that you return this individual to my custody. To Kal-El, I say this. Surrender within 24 hours. Or watch this world suffer the consequences. Apparently, the consequences are Skype artifacting. <laughs> Looks super cheerful to me. I, I I don't know what they were talking about with dour. <laughs> Looks pretty dour to me. I'm almost certain General Zod tried to get a haiku on Mars and it went terribly wrong. <laughs> well, is it the story when they say, "Imagine a Nolan story with Snyder effects in action"? I'm like, well, it the story is co-created by Nolan, so that makes sense. And Zack Snyder is the director, so. That also makes sense. I mean, you're, you're just <laughs> reading the credits at that point. That's Imagine really what's happening actually but, happening. But there's, but, but you can hear those things. And to be honest, I don't know if this is the kind of thing where it's like they know that there's bankable credit to slap, uh, you know, Nolan's name on something. But you don't know if it really translates to the experience. So if someone's walking out of it saying, "Yeah, that was a Nolan story and a Snyder visual," then yeah, great. Imagine Ooh, you know Henry Cavill, Amy Adams together in a movie. 
<laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Picture it. You know what strikes me about this? You've got the, the marketing that went into something like Iron Man, where they really they pushed out some strong trailers. They really got the name out there. They, they were already building on a strong foundation of Iron Man 1 and 2 and the Avengers. And people just, they came because they saw the trailers and said, great, I want to see that. It seems as if Man and Steel, they're going the absolute opposite direction. They're not showing any of the action entice you, it's almost as if they want to build slowly to, to get to a bigger peak because of word of mouth. And I, I can't remember a movie, a, a blockbuster, a summer blockbuster that has tried that, ever. Uh, oh, wait. Now that you're putting me on the spot, I can't, but I know... I know. Uh, well, yeah, I feel like I know one, too, but I can't think of it. All right. Well, we'll we're going to shout out random There have been sleepers. There have been sleepers that have, have gained popularity and then won the summer. But this Did is one already? where it's like, no, they paid a crap ton of money for this. This is not a sleeper. This is supposed to be a blockbuster, but they are, it looks as if they're deliberately playing down the marketing. That's, that seems so weird to me. I mean, it, it might end up being a great strategy, but it's Well, I feel like risky, with Iron right? Man 3, you had to come out guns blazing because it's the yeah. third one. So uh, people are going to go like, oh, another Iron Man? So you got to show them a lot of stuff to convince them. Whereas people are dying for a good Superman movie. And so what you don't want to do is show them stuff that makes them go, oh, it just looks like all the other Superman movies. Right. Right. Or, or at least a different Superman movie. And I think they've, they've they, especially on this last uh, trailer number three, not the one that we just saw, but, but the one that focused on the character. Because the one thing we heard is that, oh, it's a, it's a reboot story. You're like, oh, an origin story again. But then you see the way they handle it and you're like, wow, this is a really different flavor than I expected. And it smells nothing like the Donner films. Yeah, it looks like they're focusing on, on the reality of a child who can hear every voice on earth simultaneously and you know uh, dealing with that dealing with the powers not as as a positive but as a negative and how he can control them uh it's it, we're going the dark knight route here i think i think we're going more realistic i don't Man, know I, I was surprised that this review said not as serious as the trailer suggests cuz i've really had felt that dark knight vibe myself yeah i was kind of hoping for the serious route and the the whole uh, humans not trusting him you know, not the cartoony, oh, it's Superman, everyone cheer route. I mean, I guess, are we going to see him put on glasses and people around him honestly act like they're like, I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> uh, do you think that's going to be in there? <laughs> you there, know what? There was, yes. there, there was very little good about the Green Lantern, mo Lantern movie. Very. The one good thing was that Carol Ferris was not fooled by the little mask. Right. <laughs> and you notice they that did was the, the only good thing about that movie. They, a lot of the old conventions just don't work anymore. You notice that they threw it away in Iron Man 1. They're all like, you know, he got out and for like three seconds at the end of like, um, my bodyguard, ah, oh, screw it, I'm Iron Man. You know, they just totally depart from the comics. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of wink and a nod with uh, glasses or something. Well, I, I, I don't spoiler alert, Brian, giving away <laughs> the end of Iron Man 1 there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I also thought yeah, when you said smelly as the Donner, you were going to say party. <laughs> oh, no. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, we were listening to Frame Rate today uh, here at the shop, and uh, as soon as you guys started talking about Iron Man 3, I don't know if Kevin Lawler could have shoved two knives into his ears, he would have. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, uh, he, so he hasn't seen it yet and was a little spoiler sensitive. I keep telling him you have to see it within the next three or four days or I'm going to tell you. Oh my there God. are definitely some bits that I would not want to spoil, but it's not the plot. The plot right. you see come miles away. It's the moments that are that yeah. are fun. It's the unexpected it, dialogue. I think the, ma That's the major the twist really is is the twist with the 
the Mandarin. And, you know, I don't really want to spoil uh, that. Yeah, that's true. Either. Now, I, I will say this. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Iron Man 3 and seeing Man of Steel. But having already seen Star Trek Into Darkness, it is going to make all the money. It will make all the money. Really? Uh, that's it so is hard for me to believe, it's a, though, because it, it's, it's, a, it's in the sci-fi bubble. It's the crossover. It's a, cro it's a crossover. It's a crossover movie. It, it's not in the sci-fi bubble. It's in the yeah. sci-fi bubble that you and Justin are right about Star Wars getting all the press from J.J. Abrams. Outside the sci-fi bubble, everyone's talking about Star Trek. Uh, yeah. Listen, and you, you, you guys are all discounting Man of Steel. I know he's got that, that kryptonite of Superman Returns around his neck. But never count the big guy out. He will return. And well, that's a bad choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I actually think that's what some of this marketing was about: was to try to sort of downplay it and hope that positive word of mouth. Because that's part of what killed Superman Returns. There was such negative word of mouth. I think they're hoping yeah. down downplay a little bit of this marketing. Don't overhype, underhype, uh, uh, undersell, overdeliver. See, I wanted to see them remake Superman 3 with C.K. Lewis with taking the part of Richard Pryor. <laughs> yeah. But then they could have made a supercomputer, and then I could have covered it on Twyant. That's what I really wanted. Dude, and everybody bags on Superman 3, but Superman fighting evil Superman? That rocked my world when I was in second grade. A little bit of tar will do that to you. There are some pretty awesome moments in Superman 3. Come on. I like when it becomes, she becomes cyborg lady because computers yeah. can all turn you into cyborg. They may, they may not that. be awesome for the reasons intended. <laughs> the, the only thing missing from Superman 3 to ruin it even worse would be like a pink kryptonite. I mean, really. Ooh. It was bad. Yes. <laughs> hey, Professor, Iron Man 3. Big debut. Brian Rushwood's. $75 uh, million dollars domestic. Basking in the glory. Uh, biggest film so far. Now, you and. Uh, you and Sir Jimmy have a little bet? Yeah, Sir Jimmy emailed me and said, hey, I'll bet you 20 bucks Iron Man 3 makes more than uh, Superman, hmm. uh, Man of Steel. I was like, yeah, okay. After the Iron Man 3 was reported, you know, the second biggest <laughs> opening of all time, if he had said $21, I would not have taken the bet. I would have said, too rich for my blood. But I'm in, 20 bucks. We'll Is it see. 20 American <laughs> versus 20 Canadian? So yeah. Sort of different odds? I like that. You never know yeah. which one will be worth more. You know, more. speaking of bets... It's interesting here that you are the only person in the, some sort of wager on the outcome of box office results. It, only if there could be some sort of, some sort of league, perhaps, of, of, <laughs> of, of people who are aficionados of, of cinema. Oh, Padre, it's amazing that you would mention that, because as it happens, we do the NSFW frame rate uh, movie draft, <laughs> where we actually we carve up all the movies and we auction them off. And what's interesting is, uh, you know, we do this at the beginning before any of them come out. And if you go to draft.nsfwshow.com, you can uh, check out real-time the results. You can see what we paid for all the movies. Uh, I believe I paid the most for any movie in the draft at $46 for Iron Man 3. Uh, but so far, it appears like it's going to pay off. But meanwhile, looking good so far. Man of Steel, keep in mind, that those latest trailers hadn't happened when we auctioned it off. So Justin got Man of Steel for $36. So even if it doesn't do as well as Iron Man 3, he can still kick my butt just because he was right. the one who had the foresight to, uh, to get it at a bargain. And matter of reference, we each get $100 to spend. So Brian almost spent half his money on Iron Man 3. Right. Although it may, it may pay off because it's... It, it absolutely it might, probably it is might, going to pay. It might kiss $500 million for me to feel like it was a really good investment. Now you guys, no. you guys uh, bet on domestic, right? U.S. Uh, yes. sales? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, but here's something interesting about this draft, which is you kind of gone backwards than uh, from most of the drafts in the past, which is there was always this this desire to save up the money, and then at the end, like the last five or six movies are completely just you overpay for them because people have excess money and they're throwing it at the movies. Right. I'm looking at the sheet. That didn't happen this time. People spent no, early. Not, dude, take a look at this. Like a bunch of movies that, and I think these are going to be the biggest surprises, uh, Elite. Neil Blomkamp's, you know, he did uh, uh, District 9, and uh, the sequel of it went for $7. It's going to be, it's like a 200, it's, we're looking at a 200, $250 million movie, possibly. Justin doesn't think it'll do that well. But $7, uh, Planes, the sequel uh, from, or I, I guess the spiritual, the, the fake sequel to Cars franchise, the money-making sequel, how about that? <laughs> the merchandising <laughs> sequel uh it went for seven bucks so yeah it'll be interesting to see which of these turn out to be the big surprises i was and mocked for buying planes until i explained what it was oh oh my god no i was on your side i couldn't believe it was going for that cheap well <laughs> also is, brushwood you I'm, reversed the strategy that you had that won you the last draft and that was you bought as many wild cards as you possibly could in order to sort of spread out the love and you ended up winning it this time you bet big on a blockbuster that's not you that's because historically, the last few years, we've we've seen some crazy inflated blockbusters that almost paid off. In fact, the person who bought the Avengers last year still lost because they spent too much on it. But at forty six dollars, like, uh, was that you? Who yes. bought the Avengers last week? Last year, Tom. What's it, Tom? <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> now, Brian, Eddie I, I want to ask you, Brian. Because you also let uh, all the, the, you know, the viewers of NSFW show fill in a form and sort of play along. Yeah, is there, is there somewhere we can get it, those it, results, or is that sort of a... Well, it's, it's the, the way we do it is, is they, uh, after we set the prices, right, the six of us play the auction, but then we open it up to anyone who wants to. We set up a form, and using our prices, you can make your own slate. And I think we take like 1,000 players, and the top 50 are, are on the leaderboard at, at, this, at any moment. But uh, it's amazing, man. When you win the chat realm, because like that's the hard one, because you're out thinking not five other players, but a thousand other players. So uh, and you don't get to you don't get to affect the draft. The prices are set, so you have right. to decide if it got overpaid for or underpaid for. It's not just what it's going to make. Yeah, we, what we do when we're doing the auction, there's a lot of bluff and bluster. Yeah. I know I got burned pretending like I was really excited about Grown Ups Two, trying to <laughs> puff up the price on right. it before I knew it. I was owning it. I was like, Yeah, I was trying to bid up Cargill on After Earth, and I got to my max, and he bowed out. I'm like, oh. <laughs> No one and, was going to believe that. And, and oddly enough, you know what one. Brushwood, the draft last season. It was a movie that nobody wanted. Everyone thought he had overpaid for. Lincoln. Uh, wow. No, dude, everyone knew I had made a bargain on Lincoln because it was, it was, there was other stuff I'd overpaid for. But Lincoln, I was dead and out until in the last two weeks, Lincoln got like 12 Oscar nominations and then all of a sudden it was relevant. And it's like, and I wide release. Because when it came out the first weekend, it was in limited release and you were like, crap. Yeah. It's just going to sputter. <laughs> yes. I mean, no, it's it was the nail biter last time. It's all well and good to talk about who hit the jackpots, but I got to know who had John Carter. Mm. That was Justin, wasn't mm. it? No, no, I think John Carter was in like a, uh, was in a March was when it, it, oh, it was that's the season. Because we have right. a winter draft in the uh, summer. Okay. All I, I know is that I did come in last. John Carter. <laughs> I, so I would think avoiding the bombs is, is as important as hitting the home runs. 
Well, and it's tough too because a lot of time you buy so early, you don't know what is overhyped or not. And so as a result, when we do the bidding, when it's all over, all of us feel good and we all feel like we have a chance. And then over the next two months, the sad reality becomes apparent <laughs> yeah. to many of us what we well, Because it's not bought. avoiding bombs, it's dollars per dollar spent. If you right, buy a right. bomb and you only pay a dollar for it, that's great because that's sure. a little extra padding. That might be what pushes you over the finish line, but you just don't want to pay too much. You don't want to pay real money for a bomb. Yeah. I, made, I made a rookie mistake in my rookie draft, and that was I was sandbagging to buy a movie that Tom eventually got. But what happened was I had all this money left at the end, and I completely overpaid <laughs> for my last three movies. I worked it out. If I paid for those movies what I would have paid yeah. realistically, yeah. I only spent like $65 in my draft. Oh, right. yeah. So, so, so you, okay. So you had budgeted for different things and all of a sudden everyone had money left and there was no movies left. Right. It's, it was weird, like, it's a weird mind game. It was three movies before The Hobbit when I started realizing unless Tom bids on something, there's no way I'm going to be able to outbid him for, for The Hobbit. And I'm yeah. sitting there going, bid on stuff. Bid on yeah. stuff, Padre. Come on. <laughs> and we were both waiting for it. I'm like, okay, who's going to play? Because that was the conventional wisdom. This goes back to exactly what Brian's talking about. The wisdom was: you get the Hobbit, you win the you win the you win the winner draft, and it didn't. It underperformed. You know, uh, Brian, Brian, I see. I see an opportunity here, Brian. Yeah. Franchise this. You build a website so other people can build their own groups. Dude, we are all, already underway. People are already doing this kind of stuff. We, uh, we just we love the game. We want other people to play it as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, Professor Allen, uh, after we last spoke, I had to go to Kevin. Well, I didn't have to go. I went to Kevin, the King Lawler stag. Suffered some minor go-kart injuries early in the day. Only one person was arrested. We ended up, because it was May the 4th, we ended up at the Tattoo Parlor downtown Toronto, they had a huge May the 4th be with you party. There was lightsabers everywhere. Like I said, only one of the uh, merry goers got arrested. It was a good stag. But the day after was May the 5th, which apparently I'm told is a very important day in... Comic books, comic books, comic books. Another successful free comic book day. Uh, it's been around since 2002 and the events held every year on the first Saturday in May. Thousands of comic shops have given away millions of comics over the years. Early reports uh, are that the 2013 event was one of the biggest yet, helped by falling. That's Star Wars Day. Uh, Ralph uh, DiBernardo, owner of Jetpack Comics, New Hampshire, reported that this year's event was crazy and awesome, saying that his store was even busier than last year. Very cool. See, now, when we were at the May, May the 4th Be With You party at the tattoo parlor... I, w I was looking around, it was all rebels. I said, well, where's Darth Vader's and stuff? Like, I want some stormtroopers. Like, no, 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 no. That's our next party on May 6th. Oh, ah. I didn't know about May 6th. <laughs> Revenge of the Six. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Sixth, yes. Uh, we're going to take some time out to talk about our, one of our sponsors, Think Geek. And we usually play a jingle that goes like this. The Think Geek item of the week. From ThinkGeek.com. Hey, ThinkGeek, just let me know that we can offer a great deal for our book guys listeners. For any order of $100 or more up and until May the 17th, use the promo code 20 Smackers. And they'll give you 20 Smackers. It's fantastic. Uh, I don't have a ThinkGeek item today, but I do have one of the ThinkGeek items you can get 
by collecting what they call geek points. So what you do is every, every order you make, they give you a certain amount of points for that order, and then you can take your points and uh, choose from a, you know, a catalog of products. This is one of them. This is the Doctor Who in your pocket. I was annoying the host with it earlier before we started. It's got a few little things here. You must be upgraded. Upgrading is compulsory. <laughs> it's got all these little you things. You will be deleted. Delete. You must be exterminate. Exterminate. <laughs> But they have all kinds of little gadgets, and the key is save up your geek points. Don't spend the 200 geek points. Go up to the 1,000 level. That's when you get the really cool stuff. And again, the promo code is 20SMACKERS. Plug that in when you make your order of $100 or more, and they'll give you 20 smackers back. Fantastic. Thinkgeek.com. We're going to take a little quick break now, and then we're going to come back and talk about what everyone is reading. Hey there, I'm Jim Zub. Neo before Zub. You are watching the Book Guys show. Hey, Paul. This is Orson Scott Card. I thought I was the book guy. Now I find out you're the book guy. What am I? Oh, I guess I'm just the author of Ender's Game. Okay. Book guys. Very appropriate promo there, because we're going to talk a little bit about Ender's Game uh, in a bit, because the trailer just came out uh, between our last episode and now. Hey, Tom, what are you reading? What's, what's on your nightstand right now, your Kindle? I just finished reading Wool, the Omnibus Edition, uh, on audiobook by Hugh Howey. Uh, I'm still in the middle of Dragon Riders of Pern. We read Dragonflight for last month's Sword and Laser, so I'm done with that, but I'm reading the other two that come uh, in the trilogy. And I'm also listening to The Great North Road by Peter F. Hamilton. And don't forget, folks, if you enjoy Sword or Laser Science Fiction or Fantasy, is it swordandlaser.com? Yeah, yeah sword, sword and laser, all spelled out. Tom Aird and Veronica Belmont do a great job with that. Love that. One of my favorite oh, book pa uh, podcasts of all time. Hey, Tom, I got a question about wool because I went and bought it. And I got totally caught up on my Audible queue. And so I asked the world what I should read. And I got a bunch of recommendations, one of them being wool. But when I went to go buy it, there were two versions that looked identical. One rated three and a half stars. The other rated five stars. And all the comments said, narration sucks on this one, narration's great on the other one. Wanted to buy the one that's five stars, and it said, uh, it said sorry, you live in the wrong country. That's the end of that. Oh. So. Um, <clears throat> I listened to the one by Amanda Sale, okay. uh, which How is the one that got three and a half stars, and it was fine. Okay, I good. haven't listened to Susanna Harker, so I, I can't say. Got it. Okay, well, that's what I wanted to hear. So as long as you thoroughly enjoyed it, even, even with the, the, the one that was you know, yeah. less, less awesomely reviewed, then that's fine. And the one by Amanda Sale is WhisperSync. So if you want to buy the ebook edition oh. and be able to like, pick up where you left off across audiobook and ebook, that's pretty Man, damn. I'll tell you, I know that there exists some demographic for whom that is an amazing concept and a very useful thing, but I am not that guy. I don't think I'll ever use that. <laughs> I haven't used it yet either. <laughs> I would have used it a couple of times but before they launched it, but since they launched it, I haven't found myself in that position. Well, when so. I first heard of this technology, I thought more uh, this would be more handy for children just learning to read so that you can enable uh, you know, the audio in the background so they could uh, uh, neuro-associate words with uh, the printed word, but I just really don't find any use case for myself anyways. I was reading a book and then decided I wanted to get the audiobook to listen to in my car one time. And once I did that, I wanted to be able to pick up where I left off. I was like, well, I'd like to be able to just read it, you know, quietly at night, not have headphones in my ears. But when I'm in the car, I want to be able to, like, continue 
with the book and you can't read it. So it's, it's great for particular situations like that. When I read a book, like a physical book, the voice I hear is Scott Brick. Just, just putting it out there, just saying. Mm. I hear Frank Muller still. <laughs> I hear Veronica Belmont, which is totally weird. <laughs> Hello. I only hear her when she's reading to me. <laughs> and I'm just like, stop, I can read. It's, it's annoying. Brian, what's on your uh, Kindle nightstand Android iOS right, device? So this is the roundup of what I just got. I, I actually, this very rarely happens. I spent all my credits and then started spending real money on the Audible store. Um, Incognito wow. is a fantastic nonfiction book about um, the neuroscience and uh, the way it represents the brain is uh, basically what you perceive as consciousness, the guy in charge, is really like a child king who inherits the kingdom and thinks he's running things and takes credit for everything, but actually does virtually nothing. And, and not just like the motor autonomous functions, but like the decisions you make, the, the fundamental things you like, falling in love or whatever. Like, you're not in charge. You're just a kid king. And I love the I way- I got in a big <laughs> argument with Andrew Maine about this very topic. Uh, it was a fun argument, but we had a big discussion about it. It was interesting. Which side were you on? I was on the Child King's side. That side <laughs> yeah. that the book, book is saying. Yeah. It, argument for it. Uh, so Super Gods, finally, Bill Meeks has been on this for a year trying to get me to get it, so I finally picked it up. The Master Switch, uh, Wool, Operation Mincemeat, and This Machine Kills Secrets. So since you, since you mentioned all. Bill, I want to thank him publicly on the air. Uh, he's doing some great work for the book, guys. Uh, he's putting together some new video intros and stuff for us, and he's also been putting together... Something fantastic for emergency broadcast system. Thank you, Bill. Padre Bill did the sword and laser video intro as well. He's good with the book show intros. Awesome. He's awesome. Padre, you're in Vegas. What are you reading in Vegas? Are you reading anything or is it all roulette wheels and poker and hookers and blow? Well, of course, it's hookers, roulette and blow. Not necessarily in that order. But I actually, actually am listening to and reading a few things. Uh, you're, you're not going to believe me. I know you're not going to believe me, and that's fine. I understand that I, there's no reason why you should believe me. But uh, I have two things that I'm reading on my Kindle right now. The first is, I'm not sure if you can see it, it's uh, Scam School oh, Volume 1. Oh, I don't believe you. I don't believe him. <laughs> it's How a trick. That, Padre? It is a trick. It is a trick. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> no, and then the second thing is is actually Ender's Game because I, I I read it way way back in the day and I thought you know what with the movie coming out and some exciting things going on about the book I I, I need to pick it back up and it's amazing when you let you know ten what is it ten fifteen years pass all the things you forget all the things that seem different now that you've had more life experience and it just it makes it a much deeper i don't remember the book being as deep as i remember it right now now are you absorbing ender's game through your eyes or through your ears uh both <laughs> i i picked this up from the book guys which is i always get both versions and i'll switch off uh, and it, it's amazing what my imagination will do with the vo book versus what i hear from from the uh the, the voice actors it, it it's actually very cool so you don't you don't use your whisper sync I should be using, but I'm lazy and I'm not <laughs> using Amazon for both. Now ah. we are going to have the whole the whole audiobook crew. I mean, Ender's Game was one of the first really multi-voice audiobooks on Audible, uh, and fantastic award-winning uh, reading that one. And we're going to have the whole crew on just before the Ender's Game movie comes out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Is there anything else on your plate, Padre? 
Well, there is one thing. Uh, it's an audio book that has been sitting in my queue forever and ever and ever, and I finally decided it was time to listen to it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. It, it is an incredibly fun read. It's called, or listen, The Dirty Streets of Heaven, Bobby Dollar, Book One by Tad Williams. This was recommended to me by Mr. Tom Merritt, by Ace Detect himself. And I got to say, it's, 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 I have never read something like this before. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's part mythology, part film noir, part detective story. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's Raymond Chandler writing American Gods. Yes, wow. thank you. Wow. Very cool, Professor Allen. Anything on your comic book rack or Kindle? I've got a I've got a bunch of stuff here. First, I had a nice hardcover collection here. Can you hear that? Oh, this yes. is the Treasure Trove edition, eleven issues, and some pretty awesome specials written by friend of the show Jim Neil Before Zub. This. Is skull kickers. He's gonna nice. he's gonna kill us because we keep saying Zub and Zub, but when Neil, uh, Neil when, Zub. Uh, I mean when Zub <laughs> was on the show a few weeks ago, he described it as the the Hobbit meets the Hangover, which is pretty good uh, for comic book people. I would say Grew the Wanderer meets the Punisher because yes. there are lots of guns in it, <laughs> lots of guns, and it's a lot of fun. I actually picked up uh, exactly what you have in your hand, except in the digital version uh, through Comixology, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Wow. <laughs> what, what episode? What what episode was that of the book, guys? With uh, with Zub? I, I think it might have been called Skull Kickers. I, I could be wrong. Yeah, uh, that, it's actually that, a drinking that game. That is the episode Listen, title. Go watch that episode and take a drink every time you hear us say Skull Kickers, and you oh. will be wasted halfway through. <laughs> hey, and we're looking forward to uh, seeing uh, uh, Jim Zub, uh, you know, draw us into the background of one of the uh, the Batman's that he's coming up uh, to write. And he's doing that run, I think, in a couple months. He'll be doing two or three issues of the Batman. Jim's yeah. up. NeilBeforeZub.com. And I just started <laughs> Doctor Who, the Dalek Generation nice. by Nick Briggs. Nice. And you're, you're reading the, is that a... Ooh. It's an actual ooh. Uh, paperback. Oh. Very nice. Very nice. I, I actually, I did that one on uh, Audible uh, as read by Nick Briggs. Yeah. He does the Dalek voices. Can't beat it. <laughs> it would make a great two-parter for Doctor Who, by the way. And of course, our Doctor Who special coming up. Hopefully, Brian can join us. Maybe Tom. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Schedule is not up to me, bro. It's up to the eight-year-old and the five-year-old <laughs> and the five-month-old. <laughs> wow, you really saved money on assistance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, guys, we're going to move really quickly into the section we call... Podcasts. Oh, uh, Release the hounds! What was that? Are, that's, the, that's the rabble rousers in the gallery. They're all like, hey, it's time. It's time for they're going to talk about podcasts. It's my favorite part. That's awesome. They now, love this part. Now, 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 Paul, I do have one piece of podcast headline news. Just, just to bring in a story. I forgot to put it in the rundown. Let right. me just do a quick, Breaking news. quick one of this. Uh, book guys continue to steal from Twit. Not <laughs> satisfied to merely have poached Father Robert Balliser's co-host, the Book Guys Show podcast has recently stolen the headline-reading format of Tech News Today. Book Guys <laughs> oh. Grand Pooba Paul, Paul Alves called the format stealing an homage. TNT host Tom Merritt, known for his rugged good looks, pleasant disposition, and grand sense of humor, could not be reached for comment. 
Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he's, he's right there. He's, He'll never he's, return a call. Just, just ask him. I, I, it's a weird thing. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric Lanigan came up with the news views uh, back in the earliest days of Tech News Today. Uh, and that it was pretty much just the idea of like, hey, let's, let's do the headlines like NPR does. So, you know, we weren't and the Merit, first. To you're not fooling anybody. I know you locked me out of the TNT dock because you were tired of me lurking in there. <laughs> Are you locked out? <laughs> no, no, we changed docks. Yeah, you still it have was access. Archived. You just don't archived. realize it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, we had, to, we had to change docks because our guests couldn't get in anymore. So oh. go look at your drive. I won't yeah. do tech support on your show, Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's there. I, no, I promise. No, it's an inside joke. So for anyone who doesn't know, every once in a while while I'm watching TNT, I enhance my experience by bringing up the <laughs> TNT doc to look at the stories that they're going to be talking about. It helps me sound very intelligent in the chat room when I know the stories five minutes before everybody else. <laughs> Unfortunately, every once in a while, I'll leave my cursor on the screen, and with Google Docs, everyone else in the doc can see that. And so I'll get this little note in the chat room, Father Robert, get your cursor off my story. Stop <laughs> spying on us. Stop spying. Stop introducing spelling errors into my newsfuse reads. <laughs> now, now, Tom, you're on a lot of podcasts. You're on Tech News Today, Frame Rate. Just, can you list them off? Because I couldn't. Um, no, probably, probably not. <laughs> um, East meets West, Frame Rate. Well, okay, Twit. I do Tech News Today and Frame Rate. Uh, and then I also do uh, East Meets West, which is in India. I do Sword and Laser, a science fiction and fantasy book club. Uh, FSL Tonight, hard to explain, but if you like science fiction and fantasy, told through the lens of sports radio, check it out, fsltonight.com. I do It's a Thing, trend spotting with Molly Wood. Autopilot's on hiatus. It'll come back this fall. It's all about pilot television. Uh, I appear on the morning stream. I do a tech talk thing on KFWB in L.A., uh, and uh, that's it. That's all. <laughs> Nothing else. And he's certainly not counting the book guys. So no. I guess enjoy it while you did. <laughs> I was on Geek.io last week. <laughs> nice. But so, to me, one of, the, one, one of the great things about podcasts is the ability to narrow cast, to niche such yeah. a niche, and fantasy and sci-fi through the lens of sports talk radio. I mean, if you tried to pitch that as the 2 o'clock in the morning show, Sunday night on a local radio station, they would say, "No, no, we can get we can get 20 listeners with uh, you know with uh, dead air and 15 with your show." But and yet with FSL a podcast, you can FSL get was enough, it was funded. Yeah, you can get enough your... people to, uh, to 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 listen to the smallest niche nichiest of things. It's it's great. We uh. We have a, uh, a lot of fans in the audience that do artwork for us. This is the schedule uh, on the video version of the upcoming FSL season. All the logos of the different teams, like the Gallifrey Time Lords, the New York Avengers, <laughs> the Vulcan Velocity, the San Francisco Federation. It's a 10-week season, and we report on it every week. No, yes, let's, I, let's talk, uh, Mark. I just removed viewers from your show by promoting that. No, that is cool. Let's talk marketing. Will there be a Gallifrey Time Lords jersey that I can purchase? There's already a T-shirt slash loot.com uh, of the Gallifrey Time Lords that you can you can buy. First thing I'm doing after the show's over. <laughs> we haven't got jerseys yet. They're just fan T-shirts, but give us That's time. That's cool. That's cool. But Paul, prepare yourself because the Time Lords—they're having an off season. They really are. 
Well, they, yeah. they just got elevated from the minors. This is their first time in the Premier League, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how how they play and how they how the league deals with a uh, a, a player who could potentially play all the positions at once. Right. <laughs> Have we had a plot twist yet? Where uh, the game uh, the game is already played, the Time Lords lost, and then next week you give an update that the Time Lords went back in time and then won the game. They haven't. They haven't been in, in the league up. And this is their first year in the league. So uh, okay. I, 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 well, teams that sort of possibility. They would get is called it? for traveling. Time <laughs> 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 traveling. Is it, is it true that the, the Mars John Carters were the ones that got relegated to the lower league? So. No, no. Well, they, they have never made it into the, the Premier League. Yeah. Actually, Serenity Valley Fireflies, after a couple of good seasons, got relegated last year. Now, Tom, you also do a podcast, Frame Rate, of course. Uh, Brian Brushwood is uh, there with you all the time. Tell us a little bit yeah, about that. Like what's what's it, it about? This, this is yeah, where I, I pretend I don't know. I don't watch every week. What's it about? Uh, well, so we, I, I don't know how you do the elevator pitch on it, but it's uh, the way I describe it to most people who, who aren't into new media. As I say, it's about movies, uh, television, and the changing way that we watch those. You know, Now, increasingly, we watch <laughs> what we want, how we want to. So we cover a lot of stories about disruptive services like Netflix, Hulu, Aereo, of course, is dominating the headlines right now. Uh, and it's interesting to, to watch how kicking and screaming television and movies are moving into the 21st century. It really, it's really interesting to see how different our lineups look over the course of a couple of years that we've been doing this. We've been doing it for about three years. Uh, and we're, we're actually having to kick stories out of the lineup where first year, for sure, we were scraping to find interesting stuff. Uh, we have like big earnings report related stories that are of interest, all kinds of devices coming out, everybody's scrambling. Like we are reaching, we're reaching towards the sum to basically get all of the television and movies you want over the internet legally. Now, no, let's be honest. Is Hulu really disruptive? Does oh, it, yeah. It well, and, yeah. And Hulu's one of the more interesting stories because if you look at it from the outside, it's almost as though Hulu was very clearly built to fail. It was this, it was this let's throw some money to the crybabies who want to watch their shows on the internet. So maybe those, so at least we can say there's an alternative to, to YouTube. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. It's not disrupting uh, the television business at all because... I don't have a Hulu uh, premium account for a reason. No, okay. Watch more frame rate then because like it's uh, like Jason. Four Kalas, million paying subscribers. Four million paid subscribers. These are people who pay for Hulu and then sit through ads on top of that. That's how much they want it. And that's brought, brought to you partly under the, the development of, of, of uh, Jason Kilar while having these investors who have wildly different uh, intentions for where the network should go. I mean, it's it's really. I suspect, depending on how Hulu threads this stone needle in the next two years, Hulu might be one of the most interesting stories in all of the new media revolution. I know you've got accidental success. It, it, we'll be Hulu talking next week great. about Yahoo possibly getting in on the bidding action to see if they want to buy Hulu. The problem with someone buying Hulu is none of the owners, the, which are the big media companies, want a guaranteed distribution of their television shows on Hulu. And nobody wants to buy Hulu unless they can guarantee that they're going to get the television shows because that's what everybody's paying for. Right. That's interesting because, you know, to you guys, it's a, it's a really interesting tech story. And from my perspective as a business professor, it's a really interesting management uh, story as well, the way you guys are, you know, are, are describing it. Sort of almost a succeeding in spite of, its, in spite of itself. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, there's different levels of cord cutting. I mean, I, I'm a cord I consider myself a cord cutter, but by necessity, because I'm, I'm always traveling. So I don't have access to cable television. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't watch anything on TV. What I do is I wait for it to come out on Netflix. And I'm actually okay with the delay. I love getting entire seasons at the same time. I, some of the original series on Netflix are kind of interesting. None of the ones on Amazon I found particularly compelling. I don't watch Hulu, but for me, that's enough. And I think there's a lot of people like me who it, cord cutting isn't even a movement anymore. It's just, oh, well, it's convenient. It's, it's content that I can consume in the way that I need to consume it. Uh, what I found interesting about Hulu, going back to the discussion that we were having before, is it was an accidental success. They didn't create Hulu to create a business. They created Hulu to kill YouTube. Right. And then it accidentally... Because they misunderstood what made right. YouTube successful. Right, right. right. <laughs> uh, one of the things about Netflix now is that they are creating original content and going back to shows that are popular in the mainstream or uh, popular with niche markets and trying to return them. We know Arrested Development is returning... I'm excited about that. What a way to absorb Arrested Development than just like House of Cards. Here you go. Here's season four. Enjoy. And uh, the, the rumor now is, we haven't talked about it on the show, I think, yet, is that uh, Ron Howard is in talks with Netflix to bring the Dark Tower series to Netflix as a, there you go, there's book one. It's 20, Yeah, I mean, he's, he's in talks in that... Uh Hey, wouldn't it be cool if uh, if we had you, Ron Howard, do that Dark Tower thing? Yeah, that would be cool. Now let's go have a drink. Or I mean, not like that. That's the kind of in talks we're talking about. Nothing. Yeah, because well, because he's he's been in talks with various people on and off for three years right. about doing the Dark Tower series <laughs> or so doing kind, a series of like, movie combo or something like that, and it always gets everybody really excited and then falls through. Kind of yeah. like the book guys are in talks with David Lee Roth to come and talk about the Roth show. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And that's something you can put in your Roth IRA. <laughs> All the way to the bank. All the way to the bank. All the way to the bank. Hey, no, Brian and Tom, you guys got to go, but we're going to take a quick break. Thank you for joining us. Dude, we're thanks so much for having us. This was fun. This was great. It was good to be back. Uh, now you're all video. Last time I was on the show, you guys were audio. This is awesome. This is great. Upgrade your Skype, Tom. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, and where can folks check out uh, Framerate? Twit.tv slash FR. Very cool. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is R.A. Bob McDermott, author of Deadly Straits and Deadly Coast, and you're listening and watching The Book Guys. Hey, Padre, is that one of those 3D printed guns we keep hearing about nowadays? Yes, indeed. <laughs> this is intent to uh, harm with a deadly weapon. One second, I'm being shot at by my network engineers. <laughs> oh, now I you heard, heard that. You heard that one. <laughs> you may see me ducking from time to time. It's a, it's a dangerous place, this network operation center. It's all nerf. It's all nerf. Put your Google glasses on. Maybe it'll block some of it. That's right. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is the Google glasses don't have any lenses. That's true. That's true. I hear there's a, like a, a thing you can put over it that comes with it. Yeah, like sunglasses, okay. but eh. Then you look like an 80s douche. I, exactly. I do not wear my sunglasses at night. <laughs> Hey, we're going to take a quick time out before we start talking about all the technology and all the, all the news today uh, to talk about Audible. We all know about Audible, but maybe some of our new viewers don't. Over 135,000, it's probably 136,000 now, titles. And you can choose any one of them and, and listen. Listen, try it for once. Try listening to a book for free. Go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys. 
<laughs> hey, guys, fix we're going to fix it and post. Fix it and post. That's what we say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right into I got to get out of my show notes here on the Android device because I really want to show you guys. This is really cool. Uh, I, I, I watch a, a show called All About Android on the Twit Network. You might be I've familiar with that one. I've heard of this show. Yes, yeah. yes. So this is one of their picks from the last episode, and it's really cool. As soon as I heard it, I thought, the book guys, audience would love this. It's called Umano, U-M-A-N-O. Now, what these people are doing is they've got an app. It's got all the day's news in it. And they hire a bunch of professional narrators to actually go through each each day's news story in the morning, so that by the time you wake up, okay, just let us sit, let us sit. The camera will automatically adjust, and like magic, boom, Umano. So, so it's a list of uh, stories like that, like pretty much any other news reader. But when you click on uh, leaving Los Angeles, let's see, Uh, I'm gonna go through one here. Why brain-controlled gadgets will blow your mind. You click on it, and... Why brain-controlled gadgets will blow your mind, as reported on Discovery. Voice controlling your gadgets is so... So as you can hear, it's, it's not a Siri-like voice. It's not an automated voice. They get actual audio narrators, like audiobook narrators, to read the news every morning to you. And you can set it to certain, uh, certain ways so that you can actually plug it into your car and just have it read the news to you on your commute. That was great. That's our technology news for the week, I think, Padre, unless you got something else happening. <laughs> no, I'm at a technology conference, but you know what? Most of the technology that's here, it's not fit for general consumption. It's <laughs> it's all high-level, data center, colo, general mayhem of blah. And you have Nerf guns. And, and <laughs> I've got the best Nerf guns ever. You know, they, in order to have a real gun, you have, it has to make that, you know, that, that cock, that cocking, oh, yes. lock and load type sound. Yeah. You know, ho- Hollywood is uh, in agreement with you as well because, you know, most guns you don't have to cock anymore, pretty much. <laughs> exactly. But every TV show and movie you watch, it's always a chick And by, <laughs> and, and my, my favorite part in TV and movies is when you remove your sword from the leather and you get the nice ringing sound. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it doesn't do that. Yeah. Metal on leather doesn't make that swing. <laughs> it's like the Wilhelm scream, you know? It's just one of those sound effects that's been embedded in every movie over and over and over again. Hey, guys, I'm going to hit the cloister bell. This is going to be a spoiler, I think. I'm going to ask you guys before we start. Have either of you watched Iron Man 3? I can Nope. Not, Not yet. Me. Are either of you okay with spoilers? I spoil the crap out of me. Let's go. No problem at all. See, and, and I read an article recently that said that 50, it's split about 50-50. 50 percent of the population doesn't mind having a spoiler because they, they'd rather know ahead of time and enjoy seeing it happen. And then there's the other 50 percent that just don't don't tell me. Some people don't even like watching trailers at all. Period. Right. Even, right. even spoiler-free trailers. So, but either way, we're gonna. Uh, I think we're gonna be spoiling a little bit of. Uh, Ender's Game, if you haven't listened or read Ender's Game, if you haven't watched Iron Man 3, turn it off. Say goodnight. Pretend we played the here. <laughs> Bye. See you later. <laughs> so we're going to do that just before we end the show, and I'm going to hit it right now. There you go. Because we're going to spoil it for the rest of the show, I'm going to turn the cloister bell off, folks. So Iron Man 3. Here's the, the big spoiler. 
Ben Kingsley isn't the Mandarin. <laughs> the bad guy's not the bad guy. That's what I hear. <laughs> I thought, I, I, you know what? I actually figured that one out. I thought it was one of the most brilliant plot twists uh, in, in like a comic book movie, for Christ's sake. The fact that Ben Kingsley was just a stoner who played the Mandarin. <laughs> you know what the giveaway was? The giveaway was that, A, all the news about Ben Kingsley did not mention how much time he had been spending on the set. So I thought, okay, you know what? He can't be the Mandarin. I, I, now, I didn't, I didn't know, know exactly what the twist would be, but I know he, it, it, he can't be the threat. Now, now, how do you guys feel now that I said that? Are, are you now, are you recanting? Are you, is this, does this really spoil something for you in the movie? No, I'm still going to go watch all. it. Of are course. you kidding me? Not one lick. I, I'm kind of on the fence. You know, there's some spoilers like, you know, you know, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. That kind of thing. Yeah, okay, that kind of spoils it. You know, uh, if you want to spoil like the huge plot twist at the end of the crying game, maybe that would be a huge thing, but... Iron Man 3, really? It's still going to be a guy running around in suits, blowing stuff up. Exactly. Here's now, a spoiler. He's going to win at the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> right, go. Padre. There you go. You now, predicted the whole movie. Now, 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 perhaps to transition us a little bit, as if I were a professional podcaster, I, I was very pleased that the geek community, um, just through cultural osmosis, I did not know the spoiler in Ender's Game. And so that one, and I did not see that coming. Of course, if I'd seen the trailer for the movie, now, maybe it would have. Of course, but, folks, again, I'm going to hit the hit it again. The big spoiler in Ender's Game is, if you haven't read it before, is that the kids aren't playing a game. They're actually fighting the war. And I was very surprised to see that much of that was spoiled in the trailer. Right, yeah, right. I groaned, I literally groaned, this looks awesome. Oh, they spoiled it for everyone. Yeah, it's you know, and it's weird because one one of the for, at least for me, I loved the first couple of chapters of Ender's Game when it's it's getting into why he is such a reject, why he is so ostracized, and you really don't get that feel in in the trailer. Uh, it, right. It's not it's not the outsider who suddenly becomes the salvation of of mankind. It's oh, this guy's the gifted. He's the one. Right. Who's going to lead so, us to victory? So since they're pulling in Ender's shadow as well, we didn't see Bean in the trailer, I don't think, but I imagine if they're going to do those parallel stories, you'll get maybe a little bit of that. It, I mean, if, if Bean is presented as the backup plan, then you, you might get a little bit of that. Well, we are, we are told that the, the screenplay does uh, mesh and combine right. Ender's game and, and the Bean series. So uh, one of the things I found about the trailer, maybe I just haven't watched it enough times, they never made it really clear that Ender was the runt of the litter. Yeah. You, you never got that establishing right. shot that showed all the, the kids, you know, you know, two feet taller than Ender. I don't know. Again, again, that one might not be, that one might not have to be trailer worthy. You know, that, I mean, again, you don't want to, you don't want to show everything, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I think it, you're limited what you can show in the trailer and you want a big punch and maybe they're worrying that okay, there there are people. We need to reach beyond the people who have who have read Ender's Game because anyone who right. has read the book is going to watch the movie, but they need a bigger audience. So they're throwing in a lot of stuff that will make the diehard fans of the book think, "Why did you do that?" Like for example, they show the end of the movie. <laughs> right. They, 
they, they, it's like, yeah, that's that's the end. That's the super secret climax. It's in the movie. How many times have you watched a trailer and you're like, yeah, that's how it ends? Right. <laughs> you know, the, the spoiling that, that it's not a game, it's not a big deal because m- most of the whole series is how Ender deals with finding right. out that he actually did just slaughter, you know, a trillion lives, uh, and, you know, and, and his progression as a character because of that. And, of course, he redeems himself later and, you know, the Ender's Shadow series and the whole rest of the Ender series, I'm told. Orson <laughs> Scott Card doesn't the like Enderverse? it. Being we do not the Enderverse. call it the Enderverse. That's right. No, we no, call no. it the Ender Universe. Scott hates that shit. The universe in oh. which Ender yes. is in. <laughs> yes. Scott hates that shit, so we won't call it. We'll call it the Ender's Game. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, I mean it, but it will be interesting. You, you do get, in, in the at least in Ender's Game, you do get just a little bit I mean, maybe 10 pages of denouement of his guilt and so on. But maybe in the movie, they'll give more of that. Maybe the, maybe. Maybe the final battle won't be five minutes to go in the movie. Maybe it'll be a half hour, and there'll be, maybe it'll be more character over, over plot. I, I got to say, though, seeing the special effects in the trailer, I am looking forward to this. It looks, looks like it's going to be a pretty decent go at, a, you know, seeing Ender's way, Game I, on the big I screen. By the way, I do have one big spoiler for, for Ender's Game. Uh, you might want to hit the closer bell again. Here we go. Ben Kingsley is not the Mandarin. <laughs> there we go. Okay, that's that's all I got. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. Try the veal. <laughs> Tip your waiter. Uh, guys, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, do we have any other book news we want to talk about? I had I, I just wanted to follow up on one thing. We were talking about the new Dan Brown book yes. and wondering about the the hype versus uh, who the in anticipation for it. Uh, in the meantime, I've gone to my public library's website, and between the it's a, we're we're a pretty big uh, Columbus, Ohio. It's a pretty big yeah. uh, public library system, and between they have three versions of the book: the regular hardcover, the audio, and the large print. There are over a thousand reserves for the wow. book. Okay. So I would say it's it's being anticipated. Yes. Uh, you know I do have to say that the I'm not a big fan of the Dan Brown series, but I do have to say that his work has been translated pretty well on screen. I mean, for books that take place mostly in the protagonist's head, they've done a good job visually showing what's happening. So yeah. You know, here's the thing about Dan Brown. Anytime I mention my general, I won't say dislike, but sort of ennui for his work. Yeah. People assume it's, oh, it's because he wrote all that stuff about the that. And <laughs> I don't really, I, honestly, I don't care. I, I was actually, I found Angels and Demons to be far more fun than right. Da Vinci Code. Uh, I, and actually, one of his books I really did like, Digital Fortress, I, I really, really right. enjoyed. As a geek, as a hacker, I thought it was great. I thought he, he's done one of the best jobs of describing what actually happens when a hacker is doing his thing. Yeah, uh, but I the rest of his work I have found to be almost self-congratulatory, and I can't read more than a few chapters without saying I don't want to read this anymore. Yeah. But that's but, just me. I mean, you don't have to it, read it, Padre. I think I'm not going to read it. But oh, <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, I will. Take you can one read for it for us. Then. You can read it. I for will us, take professor. one for the team this summer. Yeah, Professor Allen. Professor Allen. Taking a Dan Brown for the team, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Show title. Taking a Dan Brown for the team. 
We're never gonna have Dan on the show. This is that was we it. Are so never gonna I, have him on I the just show. killed it. That's over. <laughs> hey guys, it's been a lot of fun. Brian, Tom, always fun to have them on. Absolutely. I'm sorry I'm a little off my game today, boys, but we'll fix it all in post. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next. Who do we have next week, Professor Allen? We have no idea. I'm just I just. I like putting I like putting co hosts. You might not have me. I think you have Sir Jimmy. Does that add that in the post? <laughs> I just like putting them on the spot. Been a lot of fun, guys. Padre, thanks for joining us all the way from Vegas. Viva what Las happens Vegas. in Vegas stays in Vegas. Viva. Professor Allen, thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Same book time, same book channel. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guide Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel. Yeah.